Welcome back to Sad Girl Hours. Today I have two of my absolute favorite people in the world joining me at the same time. This is the first time we've had two guests on, so I'm joined with, again, the amazing Shelby Nye. Hello, hello. And my wonderful future husband and baby daddy, Logan. Hello, people. (laughs) So today... I'm sad because I don't, so I don't have headphones on. Um, just these two have headphones on, so I can't hear him the way I normally would. But I just love Logan's voice on podcasts. So I don't know, like he t- he sounds like that all the time. But when we did our episode with just him, I was like, ooh, I like your voice on here. <laughs> it's great. Um, so today we are actually going to be talking about something that has been really a collective thing that keeps coming up for me and Shelby and like a lot of the people around us. And it's been like this for the past couple months, at least I think of a year. Yeah. It's been a while and it's been evolving more and more and ramping, but um, the divine feminine, I think is more something that people hear about a lot, especially on social media. You're seeing more of that empowerment being brought out in each individual woman and they're all kind of starting to follow that path. But the divine masculine is something that is not talked about nearly enough. Um, if at all, usually it's in very, at least for me and my experiences, it's in very specific conversations and normally it's with other women and I would like to really help change that narrative and bring more men into cuz it's it's the divine masculine like every every man i think should have this knowledge and this should be a conversation that's happening among men um so i'm really excited to talk about this and i think it's super important for the healing of men specifically um unfortunately for you guys it's a lot harder to kind of be open about your feelings for societal pressures and there's this shame wound that a lot of men carry I actually shared um it was a video that I found on TikTok um and I shared it on Haley's episode but just to kind of give you um some knowledge and Logan has heard it because this is something that I found and I thought it applied to so many relationships, including ours, because it's the cycle of the most common feminine wound, which is the fear of abandonment, and then the masculine wound, which is the shame wound and fear of not measuring up. And of course, because I want to play this, it's not going to pull up anything and my internet's not going to work. But basically, she's talking about how these two wounds trigger one another and it can form this cycle within couples specifically heterosexual couples because there hasn't been enough research for something like this for um lesbian relationships I, I guess homosexual relationships is the correct term but for some reason I don't like that word for I don't know why but um So it's this cycle where something triggers the fear of abandonment wound and then that woman is feeling 
like they're not good enough, like their partner's withdrawing, like they're not getting the attention they need. And because they withdraw even more, this triggers the male abandon the male wound of shame and feeling like they aren't doing what they need to be doing for their female partner and not able to measure up. And learning about this was like a huge game changer for me specifically. Don't you how did you feel when I shared that with you? Um, pretty sure it made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, it definitely changed my perspective and made me feel a lot better, honestly, about, about shit. Like it it made a lot more sense because yeah, there's times where you're, um, arguing with your significant other and it just doesn't make sense. You're like, why are we mad at each other now? Like nothing's (laughs) wrong. Like nothing's actually wrong. Like at least that I know of, you know, like, so, um, yeah, no, it was definitely a game changer for sure. Yeah. Um, so I will try and find a link for that so I can actually um, share that with you guys. But if not, just listen to the episode I did with Haley Gerard and you will hear that as well. Um, but I thought it was important if we're talking about divine feminine, divine masculine, we need to have a man in this conversation. And uh, I couldn't think of anybody better to have on than Logan for the fact that I know that he has done a lot of work to stand more in his divine masculine. And I know that's something we're all, us three, like we're all working to be in that power of the divine on each end. So to kind of give people an idea, because I'm sure for um, a lot of our listeners, they don't really know what the divine masculine and feminine is. So I'm going to let Shelby kind of break that down and the origins of that and what that actually is. Awesome. So the divine masculine and the divine feminine is something that goes back ages and ages in history. It is such a beautiful concept and something that has been coming up for me I want to say for pretty close to three years now because I did start a blog way back in the day called um, Embracing Your Divine Feminine and so I've been working with this kind of energy for a really long time and it's really interesting um, to see because the divine masculine and the divine feminine is not separated based on whether or not you're male or female the divine masculine and the divine feminine is the balance of both energies that you have to have within your body. Um, the divine feminine essentially is the ideas, the thoughts, the flow, the creativity, the soft aspects and like the etherical aspects of life where the divine masculine is very much that actionable, assertiveness, productive, like these tangible physical aspects of this creationary process and in order for you to create anything you have to have both because if you don't have the ideas or the thoughts or the creative flow you don't have anything to take action towards and if you don't have the action or the accountability or the discipline you're never going to be able to bring these thoughts or these ideas into reality and having a balance of the divine masculine and the divine feminine actually is what will create your own personal power so that you can absolutely essentially create worlds and create realities based on what experiences you want to live. And we see that going all the way back into the Bible. If you take a look at the names of God in the Bible, there's Yahweh, which is the two Hebrew suffixes for the masculine, and the feminine. Yah, I believe, is feminine. Way, I believe, is masculine. 
And then you look at the origins of God, the word God, it's Germanic, and it means to invoke or to call in. So the two words for God in the Bible translated roughly mean to invoke or to call in the divine masculine and the divine feminine. And that is all that crazy. just about <laughs> standing in your power. You have to have both to be able to create, to be like God, to be able to create these worlds and these realities that you want to experience. It requires both the soft and the flow aspects as well as the self-discipline and the action and all of that combined. Absolutely. And I'm glad um, because when I was kind of like talking about it in the beginning, it kind of made it seem like women have the divine feminine and men have the divine masculine. And it is very much not not that way. It's we each have that inside all of us, regardless of gender, regardless of anything. Um, And a lot of times when we're feeling, at least for me, when I'm feeling out of balance, it's due to that specifically. I'm either sitting too heavy in my masculine energy and it's burning me out because I'm just trying to go, 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 do, 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 and do, do. (laughs) I did that in Haley's episode and Haley was like, Serena made a poop joke. (laughs) Um, But, and then if you stay too much in that divine feminine, it can, at least for me, really put me into a state of almost depression and anxiety because it's, you're in that depth and constantly in that because that's as you mentioned where your those ideas stem from and where you have that rest and if you stay in that too long it can really make this stagnant energy so you can see why it's so important to be able to balance both um and like a really hot topic on social media um for a lot of people is like toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. and what that actually is um so for since logan is the male of the room here um i'm gonna kind of let you address like toxic masculinity and what how you see it because you're a man so to be able to connect and be like hey this is what i see this is the person that i've been before and i'm not any longer like what does it kind of look like to be in that toxic state but then to step out of that i guess um, so let's see. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Okay. <laughs> so I've definitely had my moments um, in the past, and I'm sure it's even present. It happens sometimes without me even really being fully aware that it's happening. Um, not in like, not saying I don't, I'm not accountable for that shit, but like there's times where, um, there's times where I will say something or do something and then look back on it and like, where the fuck did I, what, what, like, why did I say that, why did I act that way or something, um, but in the past, um, I don't, I don't, I don't want to try to compare myself to other people in any way, but, like, um, for me personally, when I usually see toxic masculinity, it was usually in groups of guys, um, and that's, like, if you, if you, um, if you know me or uh, what Serena has like said about me and stuff, like um, I've, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of males, <laughs> other males, um, I, I, and I have my own personal reasons. Uh, um, I won't go into them right now, but um, it, it's hard for me to be friends with other males. Like uh, if basically, like I've I've told my male friends, like, and not in like a chauvinistic way, but like if I'm your friend, like 
feel good because it means you're probably a good person. Like you're probably a good guy too, because like that's, I, I, I can't be friends with other males that don't align really anyone that doesn't really align with like my, my moral standings because like, for example, like I'm not a racist. So if you're racist, I, I I'm not going to be your friend probably. Like, you know, so like like, very important stuff like that. And uh, I come from a small town in Arizona where like little things like that are, you know, run kind of rampant, unfortunately. And that was a big like back in the day, that was a big thing for me uh, to not want to be friends with someone even back in the day. But where, where my personal like toxic masculinity has come in play is usually in the past with like females specifically. Um mostly in the way that I used to look at females, mostly when I was, like, single. Um, it would just be kind of, like, a fun thing to do. Um, not that I also didn't care about them as a person, because I've always kind of been that way, too. I feel like when you're raised by a single mom for lengthy periods of time, because my mom hasn't always been a single mom, but there have been lengthy periods of time where she was, and um, my mom also from a very, at a very young age instilled like shit like consent with me and stuff like that. Not just with women, but with just, yeah, Anything. golf claps. <laughs> um, with humans in general. You don't, you don't touch people uh, in general, like unless they want you to. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> how it fucking is. Like it's just how it should be. It's how every child should be brought up. Like, so I was lucky in that aspect. Like I was very, lu- very lucky because like I, like that's what I, what I, what I mean by I, when I, when I've viewed more extreme um, parts of toxic masculinity and, and in more extreme volumes, it's usually like groups of men. And if you've ever gone to high school or middle school, you know what I'm talking about, like groups of jocks, groups of skaters, it doesn't matter what their title is or whatever, what they do. Groups of men are some of the most toxic, fucking ridiculous groups of people <laughs> on the planet and sometimes very disgusting. Um, but like well, I've... Like locker room talk. Yeah, like, yeah, like, I've, I've never understood, like, and, and t- before I go on, I'm a male, and, and females do it, too. We all talk mm-hmm. about, like, oh, yeah. you know, people we've been with, but, like, it, it, it depends on how you go about it. There's w- there's a difference between, yeah, I hooked up with so-and-so the other night, and it was a lot of fun and blah, 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 compared to going into extreme detail to be like, yeah, so, like, I'm the man. I got to, sleep, I got I, I got to sleep with someone that you didn't get to. That's another notch on my belt, like, all that shit, like... I've never understood that. I'm hard. Like, <laughs> I am hard shit because I had sex with this amount of girls in this amount of time, which we won't dive into heavily because I know we've talked about it, but that is the first level in the pyramid of rape culture is that locker room talk and that plays part in that toxic masculinity. Um, and Logan is like almost, I've said it before, like borderline feminist, as he said, like doesn't really um vibe with males as much and I think that has a lot to do with it um what is your like view of toxic masculinity and how do you kind of see it displayed yeah toxic masculinity is something that I think that affects everybody in one way shape or another and it doesn't always have to be in big ways either I think um I see it a lot, even just being in a heterosexual relationship with somebody who was raised in a culture where toxic masculinity wasn't talked about. It's talked about a lot now, and people are very conscious of it now, especially when they're raising their boys. But um, I was talking to my fiance 
two days ago, I think, about how I so terribly want to live in a cob house, right, which is essentially, essentially a mud house, and I would love that, and he's so against the idea of that, and he said one thing that really stuck out to me that he said, if I have to live in a mud house, it means I didn't provide a home for my family, is that not that shame wound that exactly. we were just talking about? Exactly. So when you brought that up, it really reminded me of that. But I think um, even at the housewarming party last night, I was talking to Coulter about it. And he even pointed out, like, that's exactly what that is. Like, that is that toxic masculinity that's showing its head in just a very subtle way. Like, well, if we don't have this nice wood house that's, like, the standard now, like, I didn't provide my part that I was told as a young child, I was the provider. I have to provide. And so I think toxic masculinity, it bleeds into almost everything. There, from not being able to openly express your emotions to the fullest extent because you're ashamed of having them because boys don't cry or there's no crying in baseball and <laughs> like uh, all these like little nuances from like when we were kids and things like that. It shows up nowadays in bigger ways but they're also so subtle and I think just understanding that even even as women <clears throat> we can have toxically masculine traits Absolutely. as well uh, because we live in a masculine society we live in a society where that divine masculine the productivity the assertiveness the drive all of that is very idolized especially in like corporate ladders and things like that so women tend to live in their masculine energy much more than they actually live in their feminine. And so are men. And so we're constantly in this masculine where we're kind of like competing with each other on who can be the most masculine and who can be the provider and who can be the breadwinner and who can be the most independent and the most assertive and the most outgoing and the most extroverted and all of these things when you have to, again, have that balance between the two to have a cohesive relationship with yourself to have a cohesive relationship with your family, with your significant other, with your friends, like you have to have that give and take. And so I think that's something that we all kind of experience, but the woman's side of it isn't very talked about because it is perceived as like only a male thing, but it bleeds into literally everything. Two, two things to dissect right there, because <laughs> first of all, you just put into words what I like, what I meant earlier with how I think it bleeds into like mm -hmm. present time, like what you just said right there like it's like it's happening and I don't notice it necessarily when it's happening but then later on like especially we have a, we have a conversation about it then I'll be like oh fuck you're right like <laughs> you're 100% right like god damn it but then also what you just said about the whole society thing with women like like it just like fucking shit was firing off in my brain like you see it a lot in like um like jobs and stuff because mm -hmm. of the fact that our society has women at this lower level and so you'll see women that like they have to work harder to mm -hmm. get to the same levels as men. And then you have you have one half of you have like this half of men that are like pissed off by that. And then you have the other half of men that are like, how the hell did she get up? Literally. Like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like and it's kind of like the, the, the other half, like, how did she get up there? It, it's it's kind of halfway negative it's because so in. Yeah, it's, it's because in your brain you're like, oh, how could a woman how did she get beat to me? there? But then did the other half are, the aren't thinking that way. They're like, how in this society were you able to accomplish that? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah straight up. I think, yeah, it's definitely interesting. The corporate world, coming from somebody who has worked in small businesses, same. Yeah, and big businesses, the big corporate ladders and everything. It, um, 
a part of that is also because our society is ran off of the male hormone cycle on the circadian rhythm where like a male hormone cycle is 24 hours and so we have the 24 hour clock like males will have um, the most testosterone right when they first wake up so that's why these productivity strategies and all of these things come from like in the mornings they're supposed to go work out because that's when they have the most testosterone and the most energy to do it and they do the bulk of their work in the mornings and then they have like their meetings towards the end of the day where their testosterone levels start to dip and then they get home and they just relax for the rest of the night because their hormone levels are shifting where women we are on the infradian rhythm which is a 28 day cycle so that is why there are some days that we will have energy for days and then there are other other parts where we just want to lay in bed for like a full week and not move because we have no energy so we are constantly kind of shifting the way our hormone cycles are supposed to work to be this productive like assertive driven really independent and you'll see like women who climb the corporate ladders exhibit those types of um masculine energies really extremely they're very like women especially if you're like lawyers or you're a ceo as a woman you are very like take no shit from anybody you're working 24 7 your whole life is your job your whole life is your career and all these things because the male hormone cycle and the masculine is so idolized in like our day and age but then you look at like the negative aspects of that constantly pushing anybody whether they're male or female to be always productive and always supportive and always um providing providing is a big one for men in general I know they have like women have kind of like the witch's wound where we have um like a harder time with other women because of like the witch trials and things like that men have this um provider's wound where they are told in a traditional relationship the male is the breadwinner and I've seen this with my own dad because um I remember when my fiance moved in with me I was making a few dollars more than him at whatever job I was at and my dad is LDS, and typically in the church, you don't move in with a significant other, so there was an issue there. And he essentially told me that he was terrified that I was always going to be the breadwinner, and that he would build me another room in his house if I would just move back in with him, because he didn't want me to forever be the breadwinner. Wow. Why? Well, and that's something that Logan and I, like, we... We haven't really experienced anybody like directly saying anything except for like my grandmother has made comments. But I mean, I just candidly speaking, like I am technically the breadwinner in our household. Um, however, um, I mean, not to put our financial stuff out there, but to be fair, like I have a shitload of debt. I have a lot of bills. <laughs> Logan does not. He does not have debt. He did not do all of these financial things that completely fucked his credit. He gets to he's he gets to start building his credit and his credit will be better than mine probably in the next year because of the fact that he hasn't done any of that. So like for you, how does that kind of play a role in our relationship? Like does that like does it bother you? Is it something you think that just like it doesn't bother me in the slightest bit and I don't I, I couldn't I, don't, I can't think of all the reasons why I feel like I feel like honestly 
growing up with a single mom that was the breadwinner helps a lot because like <laughs> didn't have a choice. That was who was putting <laughs> fucking food on the table and, you know, <clears throat> buying everything. And I've never, I've also just never personally looked at women like in that way. Like, like I, I don't, I don't see the reason to be upset that someone is making a certain amount of money, even if they're making more than you. It's the same. I, I, I'm not materialistic though, either. Like I don't, I don't need to, me personally, I don't need to have all this shit and I don't look at other people and think that they need to have all this shit. Like it doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't put you on a higher pedestal or anything. And I think that's part of the toxic masculinity thing too, is men think they need to have a truck and a house and <laughs> all this shit. And I'm just like, no, you fucking don't. Like I'm not a car guy. I don't see the fucking point. Like car is just to get from point A to point B. It doesn't need to be this big flashy thing. And that's, and it's, and it's funny too. Cause like, and it's, and I want to be clear if you work on your car and shit, you like having a car, that's <laughs> fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But when you make it your entire personality, I yeah. see an issue with that personally. Same with sports. Like mm -hmm. if you like sports, if you like sports teams, if you have one team, that's your fucking team. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> Don't fight people over it. Yeah. If you're <laughs> fist fighting people over a football team, I'm sorry. You're an idiot. Yeah, straight <laughs> up. Straight up. Well, but. My team's better than yours. <laughs> but even though like you don't have that like it's not necessarily an issue for you we still have gone through that cycle of the abandonment shame wound so you still as a man regardless feel that pressure to be that especially I think it's gotten excuse me a little bit worse like now that we are going to be having a child and there is that aspect so like when you are feeling that shame wound and you are in that energy, do you think it's coming from more so of a place of the way society looks at things? Absolutely. A hundred percent because yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right. Um, that's definitely, I definitely feel that part of it, but it's, it's not, it has nothing to do with you making more money. It's a personal thing. Like I feel like I, I should be making more money to contribute. Like that's, that's more so what it is for it's me. It's the provider. <laughs> yeah circling back yeah. yeah so like you you making more money and being the breadwinner has no issue but me not making more not to like compete to with us, you yeah. but so that we just have more money and right. like for not only us but for the, the baby and everything yeah. that's that's more so what it is for me when i feel that that pressure yeah absolutely <clears throat> um so in because we, we've been talking about how, like, a lot of us, regardless of gender, most of the time we are in that masculine energy. And um, so for people, because even, like I said, myself, like, there's been, like, a huge chunk of my life where I feel like I, like, I feel like I'm barely, like, I've had my, my periods where I come back to my divine feminine and I get it balanced out, but it is really difficult for me to keep that balance and I'm sure like for you like do you feel like you are can you tell when you are more in your masculine and when you're not really feeling in your feminine modes at all um that's a good question because honestly I don't know because what you were what you were saying earlier about the uh um, the how testosterone is more active in mm -hmm. the morning and stuff I don't, f I'm not that way, but I, I almost wonder if it's because I'm bipolar. So I already have an imbalance, you know what I mean? Because like, I'm, it's very random. Mm -hmm. my, my productive times are very random. It's usually late at night too. Mm -hmm. um, but I've always been, 
specifically that aspect of it, I've always been that way since like 12 or 13. I've always been nocturnal. I've always stayed up late and I've always been like, especially when I was younger and was like drawing a lot and mm -hmm. stuff, I would be like drawing from like 10 o'clock at night to like three o'clock in the morning sometimes <laughs> or, or reading sometimes mm -hmm. too. I did that um, also with the book. So, um, I almost wonder if that, I almost wonder if the reason you're that way is because of your practice and being a witch. Do you think that would ever play a role? Because with the moon cycle and being up when the moon is up, like. I'm definitely more drawn to the moon than the sun, for sure. Like, not that I don't enjoy sunlight and being out in the sun. but The sunlight, yeah, it's definitely required. But I think, yeah, um, a lot of us who practice do find a specific affinity with the moon. And I think, um for you, Logan, in my in my opinion, as an outsider, I think the moon probably calls to you the most because the moon also represents the feminine, and I think that you are a you're very centered in your feminine from the interactions that I've had with you um, compared to a lot of other men that I've been around. Um, you are very very aware of your emotions. You're very aware of the the feminine aspect of yourself which a lot of men I feel like have a hard time even acknowledging because they find it shameful because society says that being anything like a woman is putting yourself at a disadvantage. And I think I think that has something to do with it. Like being in tune with your feminine, I think call the moon calls to you because the moon signifies the feminine where the sun signifies the masculine. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Well, and I was just telling her, I think it was yesterday, the day before, um, I was, um, we, we were talking about the whole, um, like males not being able to be witches and stuff. And we won't touch like on that broadly right now, but uh, I just wanted to bring up that, like I was telling her, like, I feel like a big part of that is very commonly when you, when you meet a male witch, you hear about male witches, they're usually not heterosexual, mm -hmm. which, and that's no, that's not like a, that's just a fact. Like for me yeah. personally, like I don't meet a lot of heterosexual male witches. It's not mm -hmm. as common. I've met lots of homosexual male witches and they're fucking fantastic they're great yeah, they're fabulous I love them. <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure for you it would be nice to be able to connect with more heterosexual witches just because like you literally he's the only male heterosexual witch that i know the only one if they're genuine too because that was mm -hmm. the other part i was telling her i was like i've met a lot of and sorry, guys, I'm going to probably piss some of you off, but I've met a lot of heterosexual males who claim to be spiritual and, and witches or druids or all this shit. And I'm like, no, you don't like because I'll have conversation with yep. them and like basically test them and they won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm like, so basically what you're saying is you want to bang witches and goth girls and that's <laughs> why you're into this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. The person who introduced me to manifestation was very much like that, claimed to be very spiritual, ended up being a very toxic human being. Probably manipulative. Ex excruciatingly manipulative. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I don't think, I think Logan's the only male witch I've ever actually met in the BWC it's all women, women yeah. which just is kind of the way that the cards have I mean fallen. now you've got my dad so yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's valid He's the junior first, is the first the one first in there one. <laughs> go dad yay that's fucking funny well and to touch on that um because you will unfortunately see a lot of people use spirituality as a way to mask certain things and 
I don't quite understand it. I don't I don't know if it's just because it's the easiest way to get get that vibe of like I'm a great person and it's that mask or what it is. You see it in cults all the time. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's yeah. absolutely they call it egoic ascension traps. It's really okay. funny that this has popped up because I was just talking to somebody about this last night also. Word. <laughs> Love the synchronicity. I know happening. it just pops up perfectly. But egoic ascension traps, I feel like these people um that use spirituality kind of as a manipulation tactic. I think at one point they really were on this path of like discovering spirituality and the magic within and all of these things. And they really were walking it. And at one point their ego got activated and they felt like they knew more than somebody else. Absolutely. Which then makes them feel superior to them, which defeats the entire purpose of spirituality as a whole, but they're so sucked into that cycle that they're not noticing it. And so they use it as a tool to then manipulate people because they think in this narcissistic way that they are better than somebody because of the knowledge that they carry. Well, and I... The thing about the ego, too, is sometimes, especially if you're not really being mindful and paying attention, you sometimes can really miss when you are operating from that ego, especially Mm -hmm. when you are so deep into spirituality and you're practicing. I think that it is a lot easier than people think to fall into that egoic mindset of I know more I have this whole nugget of knowledge that like so many people don't so I'm better and I've even I've dated somebody and he's a great human like no no shade or hate towards him but there was definitely times where I was feeling like he he was that person where he knew more yet I was seeing this spiritual trap that he had put himself in yet he was not intentionally but acting like he had the answers and knew more and he had all this knowledge of what other people can be doing but it's like okay sir you're spouting off all of this but like you need you need to be doing this like it's it's and it's funny how that works out because normally like I've been that person before where I have absolutely been like well everybody needs to be doing this this and this and then I'm not actively also following suit so I think that's a good way to kind of tell if you're operating from ego or not if you feel more so the need to sit and put yourself on that pedestal of preaching to people but you're not actually doing that work within yourself as well I agree and I think um egoic ascension traps all in my opinion from what I've seen they're all very um it's when you get stuck in the masculine is where the ego ascension comes from because when you're in an egoic ascension trap like take me for example I love to learn I love to learn and sometimes I have a hard time implementing all of the information that I'm taking in and learning because I'm just taking in so much information all the time sometimes yeah like I'm always researching I'm always learning I'm always going through and like consuming information but I'm not always implementing it And so I think that, like, consuming is the masculine. You're doing the work. You're activating something in the physical. You're learning, but then you're missing the feminine shadow work aspect of it where you're actually implementing it and you're doing the inner healing behind it because if you're doing the inner healing, you're not going to be operating from an egoic state of mind. Absolutely. I could totally see that. And, I mean... 
It's probably, I mean, for me, I've gotten a lot better at being able to tell, like I said, when I'm out of balance in one aspect or another. But I think not everybody is able to kind of catch on to that. Mm -hmm. So I guess what would you say it looks like when you're stuck too much in the masculine? And what does it look like when you're stuck too much in the feminine and not as Let me pull up this little thing that I found that actually describes it really well. I would love that. I should have had this ready. That's okay. <laughs> we kind of were just like, we're just going to wing this conversation, which is normally how it goes. The, like, there's and it like works great. General topic, <laughs> but like whatever comes up, it, I feel like uh, conversations like these, it's whatever comes up, I think is important because as we said, there's no coincidences. So absolutely, if something specific pops up, it just... It does. There's a reason we have to talk about it. So I think um, there's a few keys to kind of recognizing where you're out of balance. So if you're out of balance or you have what they call a wounded masculine, um, you're either going to be extremely critical, you're going to be very emotionally detached, emotionally unavailable, you're going to be controlling, you're going to really want to control the aspects of certain things. That is one of my like wounded masculine traits because yeah. I'm a control freak. Yeah. I if there's some something goes wrong, I have to like plan an entire exit strategy yeah, on Logan how to fix it. That way both. So. I'm absolutely that way. Like I will not <laughs> let myself feel my emotions until after I have a plan to fix whatever bullshit I'm in at the moment. It's always like with yourself, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it's never like outwardly towards other people. No. Yeah, I am a control freak about my yep, own yep, personal yep. shit. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm in some shit and I don't have a way to fix it, then I'm emotionally unavailable. I'm emotionally detached until I have a plan to be able to fix that shit. And then once I have a plan, like when I got arrested, this I once I had my plan all taken care of and everything, then I like let myself have my emotional breakdown about it and like feel I those understand. feelings. Yeah. So that's like being in the masculine, constant inner and outer conflict or being reactive to specific situations instead of proactive. Okay. That's a very masculine trait um, of a wounded masculine. Being selfish or always needing to be right—that is one. That is one I see all the time. Um, I love. I love my fiance. His tagline is "I'm always right." So when we get married, I'm getting us a nice little pillow that says "I miss is always right." I love that. <laughs> so I can tie into that, but that's kind of his family tagline. But that's something you also want to watch out for if you're saying that unironically, and you're really meaning like you need to be right, and you're arguing yeah. even over something stupid, even when you know you're wrong, but you're still arguing your point because you want to be right. I also <laughs> was the culprit of this in high school. My dad used to yell at me for that all the time. That is a wounded yeah. masculine portion. Okay. And then being like stuck in your mind um, about things that's like a wounded masculine. Being aggressive is a wounded masculine. And then also being afraid of failure, which also ties back into the not measuring up fear that we've talked about. That is also a wounded masculine. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then for wounded feminine, this, you do see a lot of these, especially in young girls, um, middle school, high school, these were really prevalent for me. Um, low self-worth is an example of the wounded feminine. Um, of being afraid to speak your truth. I cannot tell you. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> how many, how long it took me 
to actually be open with like the people in my life and like the internet that like I was practicing witchcraft or that I was a witch like it took me like right. six to eight months to finally be like no this is my truth and I don't care what people have to say about it like this is this is who I am and this is what I'm going to talk about absolutely um another one is compromising your integrity and your values so lowering your standards for people that's a wounded feminine right there and that is one we see all the time boundaries exactly um becoming easily attached is an an example of a wounded feminine Mm -hmm. codependency is a big one um being manipulative is a wounded feminine uh, being stuck in the victimhood or this like damsel in distress kind of oh thing. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy, I have experienced all of mm-hmm. these, Absolutely. all of them. <laughs> yeah, like being that damsel in distress, like in a in a shitty situation and waiting for somebody to come save you from that situation. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming to save yeah, you. Yeah, you gotta you save gotta yourself. Save you. <laughs> it's yeah. gotta be you, sis. It's gotta be you. <laughs> you use your own hair to go down the tower. <laughs> Valid. Yes. Valid. <laughs> that part. <laughs> and then drowning in emotions. That is the last sign of a wounded feminine. So when I do this a lot, especially as we get into the winter months where I feel extreme emotions and Part of this is uh, people don't teach us how to regulate our nervous system in school, and they absolutely should. And ever since learning how to, like, regulate my nervous system in situations where I'm, like, feeling anxious or I'm having big emotions has helped a lot. But prior to when I learned that, I would sit and spiral into these, like, on one emotion. Mm -hmm. That's how, I mean... um, you know, obviously we just talked about suicide prevention month and went through all of that. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people who end up getting to that point where they do unfortunately take their own life, it's because they've gotten so spiraled Mm -hmm. and it's just gotten to a point where they're on top of the fact that spiraling like that. And if you have depression or anything else on top of that, it completely, changes the way you're able to see the situation you're in and see any type of solutions out. And this is why it's so important to be able to catch yourself in those moments. So if you could, I'm sure there's a lot to it, but like how did you get to a point of regulating that nervous system and like being able to regulate things? So for me, and I know there's a lot of different methods, but my favorite method for like regulating my emotions is um, I'll like – shake my hands like if I'm moving my body that will start to regulate your emotional system and your nervous system so that it's not like freaking you out and it's not sending these impulses through your body so like Game of Thrones for example (laughs) gave me a lot of anxiety watching that show same and so I'd sit there and I'd have to like walk around our bed and just be like uh like shaking my hands and like tapping my collarbones and like doing the EFT tapping and stuff trying to just like calm my heart rate down and like right. my, my fiance is like you need to turn this off like <laughs> I can't I need I'm to addicted. know what happens <laughs> but that's like one way like I do that a lot with like intense tv shows because I get too emotionally invested in the tv show and so I'll have to actually like emotionally regulate my nervous system that way mm-hmm. so that I'm not like stuck in this mindset that this tv show is like projecting into my life I can yeah I'm I've definitely been that before um I uh, kind of when you were reading off the uh traits of like a wounded masculine I'm a little bit surprised of how many of those I experience 
So I feel like I experience more so wounded masculine stuff recently than I do Mm -hmm. wounded feminine. But that has just recently changed. Like, I feel like the past, honestly, being getting pregnant and like that changed so much of my perspective of how I want to be as a person. And I found how important it is to speak my truth and to be able because when it comes to like setting boundaries and standing really firm in those the reason why it's so difficult is because most of the time when you have to do that it's the people that are the closest Mm -hmm. to you it's your significant other it's your family members it's your friends it's people you work with maybe like it's people that are operating in your life on a very frequent basis and That was why I always had such a hard time with setting those boundaries because my people-pleasing aspect, which I feel like could also be a part of the wounded feminine Mm -hmm. in a way, really made it hard for me to set those boundaries and speak my truth. And that's like a two for one of the most important things as a human that you can do for yourself. Um, But I found as difficult as it is, I mean, even with him, like we have like relationships take work and like coming to him with a boundary or like a feeling or my truth like I have a really really hard time with it and it has nothing to do with how he is because I catch myself making these scenarios in my head of like well I'm gonna bring this up and he's gonna react this way and he's gonna react this way and then it's gonna be this and that and that and that and then it is never that oh yeah it's never never is no that's exactly I used to do that same thing and I know um when Hayden and I first started dating, like me speaking my truth about anything was very, um, I wouldn't, I absolutely wouldn't. I was terrified to do it because anytime in a relationship prior to that, I would have an objection about something and then the relationship was over. That was it. That was done. Or it caused this explosive thing and then you're back to receding into your Mm-hmm. into your truth I and took not it personally it. Yeah. I took it as like that that was my fault that was something that I did that was I shouldn't have had that feeling but instead I'm validated in my feelings I'm allowed to speak my feelings and right. if you are triggered by my feelings that's something about you that needs to be worked on that we can discuss together absolutely you can work on on your own but that does not need to be a relationship ender because my objection triggered your feelings absolutely when she was reading off the wounded masculine stuff, is there anything that came up for you that you feel like you relate to? Or do you, was there one or the other that you felt like you related to more? I know we both, I'm just going to say it, we both um, <laughs> have to be right. Like him, and, like Logan and I it's both, are, <laughs> we very much like it's this, and it's stupid, dumb, small shit. Yep. It is the dumbest shit. And then like, at the end of it, we'll figure out who was actually right. And then it's like, it doesn't matter to either of us. It's just like a laugh, but it's like, but then there's still that small bit of conflict that it's like, (laughs) and I think it's because we we're just both really dominant personalities, but I am starting to feel like it's because I do operate so much from the masculine energy and you're both really intellectual. I find that is a big thing with intellectual people because I, I'm I'm that learner. I like to learn everything. And so I hold a lot of random facts in my brain. And then when somebody decides to tell me that I'm wrong, I'm like, no, I've researched this. I've studied (laughs) this. I know that I'm right. And then, yeah, I don't know. We've got like Hayden's brother and I got into a 
argument one time years ago about um, whether or not water is wet (laughs) 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 when that was a thing. And uh, I, he really broke that cycle for me because Caleb being a Virgo, um, Gotta love yeah, them. I'm a Gemini, so I'm I'm Mercury ruled. I like to argue, I like to talk, I like to chat, I like to be right. right. Virgos are a whole other energy, and they will beat you at your own game because Caleb uh-huh. took That's it to another guy. level and literally walked down this like busy street and stopped and asked every stranger if water was wet. Snapchat recorded it and sent it to me just so that he could prove that he was right. And after Damn. that, I never <laughs> argued with him again. <laughs> See, and there's times with that with Logan where I'm just like, I'm going to let you have this one. <laughs> like, I'm just going to, I'm going to take the L regardless of whether I'm right or not. Aye, aye, captain. <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah. Well, and he, like, we kind of swap off on that role too, but um, it's just, I don't know. I think you are definitely a lot more in tune to your divine feminine for sure. And that's one of the biggest things that like attracted me to Logan, even just as a friend, because... He is very, like, most men just, like, aren't okay with being that. And I, a lot of it obviously has to do with, like, his mom. And, like, he's always, like, kind of just had female friends. He's just gravitated towards the feminine. Um, But with that being said, I mean, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this question. Like... Because you weren't always that way and weren't al- you weren't always probably open with your feelings and emotions. So, like, what advice, you being a man, can you give to other men that are so stuck in just this divine, like, not even necessarily divine masculine, but, like, being stuck in that toxic masculinity? Um, just in general or specifically when it comes to, like, talking Talk about Talk your heart your away. All of it. All of it. All right. <laughs> Um, well, well, okay. So we'll start with like, like talking about your feelings. So that's, I feel like that's a big one with men is not talking about your feelings and what's going on in your head and all that stuff. Um, I still have trouble with that sometimes. Um, for me personally, it's usually, uh, has to do with my bipolar because I'll get in that that state of mind um, of like, no one wants to hear what I have to say. Everyone hates me. So I'll just shut down. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's me personally. Um, but Broadly, um, for any any guy that has trouble for one reason or another, or especially if you don't realize that you have trouble <laughs> <laughs> talking about your feelings or emotions, or you're just you're just in denial about it or whatever, um, my advice with that specifically would be to just understand, especially nowadays, like in the time we live in now, that females want to know what is going on in your head. They're yes, not, they like, do. Um, We're trying to understand this weird being. <laughs> yeah, and, and from my personal experience, because there have been times where, and every every human being has experienced this, where you open up a little more than you probably should, or at least you feel like maybe you feel that way because of the uh, content. Um, and there's been times where I have opened up to girls like too much and gotten the response not have not gotten the response I expected you know expected them to be like shocked and be like oh my god get the fuck away from me (laughs) yada yada where 90% of the time they're they want more (laughs) they're more they're more interested they're like wait what did you just say like where's that coming from like blah blah um and yeah uh, um 
females seem to not that men don't but females seem to want to understand more than men like i i see men more often just be like well that's just the way it is and then females are like no (laughs) actually it's because of this 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 and this yeah and um that's kind of more so how i am personally Mm -hmm. like um but there's also been times where i haven't been that way and it's it's been when i was a lot younger like um I talked about I talked about my father a little bit when I was on here uh, for my episode. Uh, my father is a was a big uh, reason for my toxic masculinity when I was younger, um, because my like my dad will never hear this, and I don't know if I'm ever gonna have a relationship with my father again. So um yeah. So uh, when I was younger, like ten or eleven. Uh, my father told me, I don't know if he was high when he told me this or what, but he told me that if I had ever ended up being gay, he would take me out in the woods and shoot me himself. Oh, my God. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, And uh, I don't know how deep the homophobia with my father goes, um, but, like, uh, it's not, like, that that specific thing, like, uh, is another part of toxic masculinity that I don't think mm-hmm. it's talked about. Like, remember being in middle school and people would just be like, that's gay. That's, yeah. you know, whatever. And, like. The F word got thrown around left and right. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I know quite a few um, gay men who don't really per- personally take offense to that stuff mm-hmm. because that's just, which is unfortunate because that's just, like, the society they've grown yeah. up in. They've just gotten part used to Part of the it. vernacular. Yeah. And I don't think that's okay. And, and luckily, w- there uh, with like words like that specifically, people have become a lot more sensitive. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we live in times where people can be a little too sensitive. But there are specific things like that where we should have always been sensitive about it. Because Absolutely. talking about like a person and like how they feel and what they experience they and stuff love. with with a simple three letter word, like you know, and in in a negative way, usually that's that's the issue. Is it's usually a negative way. Um, but that was like to, to to reel this back. But like that's where a lot of my toxic masculinity, like shit that was pushed on me, for lack of a better term, came from was my dad. And it's because he comes from he was born in the '60s. He comes from like that like basic toxic masculine society that like uh, like uh, you like the '50s, '60s hardcore <laughs> shit. Yeah. You know, that's where my that's where my father was born. That's where he grew. That's where he grew up. And so like. Not that that makes it okay in any way, shape, or form, but I think it's worthy to note that because, like, for example, I'm not that fucking way. I was born in 1995. <laughs> like, I'm not that way for sure. I'm never going to be that way, and I'm never going to instill that onto anyone, you know. Um, so I think it is important to, to, you know, that that is a worthy thing. But, um, but yeah, like, basically around the age of, like, 12, 13 is where I personally – I don't know. I feel like I just started looking at the world and things happened around me. It was like, why? Like, why is it this way? It doesn't have to be this way. Why do you people think this way? You people are fucking crazy. Like, <laughs> like True. And I think that's a big part of the reason why I, um, and I'll reel this back to, to advice towards men. Sorry. You're but, um, part of the reason, <laughs> I wanted you to talk more. yeah, yeah. P- part of the reason that I'm not like, I don't go out of my way to be friends with a lot of males is because of things I, s- I see like, and it's, I've, I'm 26 years old and I'm very observant. So like um, I've seen a lot and like, so it doesn't take much for me to watch a male's behavior and be like, I don't want to be friends with you. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And so like another thing I see, uh, I've seen happen a lot lot, um, 
with toxic masculinity as in groups of males, like I was talking about earlier, is like the, the whole chauvinistic, I'm the alpha thing. And it's like anyone who is like, talks about it in like a, in that way, like I'm the alpha, I'm in charge. Like you're probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, don't talk about it, be about it. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, um, specifically with that, I, s- the biggest issue I see with, with that, with like groups of guys and that is the whole loyalty thing. And this kind of can be touched on with like, because of a lot of the stuff, the, the content with this show that ties into rape culture big time. Absolutely. Um, and that has one, been one of my biggest issues with groups of guys. One of the reasons I don't really like groups of guys is because I have been friends with males who I find out later on who have done, or, or at least there's accusations. And I'm one of those, I'm one of those people where I tend to, believe that most accusations are probably true and not taken seriously um statistically that's (coughs) accurate yeah Yeah. um so my advice is if you see something fucking say something it doesn't matter if that's your best friend of 12 years if you walk in on your best friend doing some fucked up shady shit you better be the first person to knock that motherfucker out Plain and simple. I don't care if you get arrested. You better be the first person to put hands on that motherfucker. I agree. Luckily, I've never been put in that situation um, because Maybe I, because I prob- you're so <laughs> yeah. You select your friends well. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, I know males that have. Um, I know males that have done that or something. Have at least stopped it. Like they may not have go- gone swinging. They've at least intervened and stopped it. And shortly after, have stopped being friends with that person, or you know, kind of just slowly trailed away from them because they're like I don't want to be involved with that I'm not that way blah blah which is also a proper response but you should still say something absolutely like you shouldn't just deal with it and then just be like well that's the way it is holy shit no say something to someone whether it's their fucking parents whether it's a I wouldn't say a principal school is the best option depending on where you go to school um but like a parent somebody that's actually gonna do something about it um but that's that's a big issue I see with toxic masculinity is the whole you think because they're my bros they're my friend they're my pack whatever you want to call it yeah i hate that fucking term (laughs) um that's that's a big one um and another thing that ties into that is like um and i'm sure it happens with with females too but like lying because of the whole loyalty thing like Mm -hmm. even like little things like that's not something you should be doing for other people like and now if and now the only way i would say that's acceptable is if like it's like a safety thing. There yep. you go. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. A safety matter. That's where I've told lies for people in the past. Because I have too. Yeah. So I hear yeah. you on that. Um, but I, yeah, I would I would say that that like those are the the, the real big ones for me that, that I've seen where I have the biggest issue with, and like I don't experience those those ones. Um, to where it's like looking on the uh, looking from the outside in. Uh, what the fuck are some of you doing? <laughs> um, because, like, uh, this is a big one for me. And if, if you're on my Facebook, you probably know that I have a lot of fun um, with shitty dudes on the Internet. Because um, if you're a fe- especially if you're a female, you know all too well about dudes on th- specifically. Well, we'll just, we'll just touch on Facebook. Um, th- some of the comments and messages that some of you get. I have a lot of female friends and have, so I know about a lot of these comments and messages, and then I just see them myself and just like, what the fuck are some of you doing? Do Who you know raised some of you? That other people can read this, sir. You do, yeah, like, 
And that's the thing is it's like, you know, luckily I haven't like, because uh, we're, you know, involved in the EDM scene. Luckily, I haven't seen too many people in our scene that do that. And if they are, it's very behind closed doors. And there's a couple, which I won't use names. So there's a couple that we, we were just talking about one of them recently that's before that we started. <laughs> um, you know, if I see that dude, like I'm not going to be nice to him. I'm not going to pretend to be his friend. I'm going to tell him to get the fuck away from me or I'm going to probably sock him in the jaw. Because that's what he deserves. Because he's a piece response. of shit. <laughs> and that's like the thing is it's like, um, you know, some some of these dudes, luckily that I see like making comments, they live like three states away. So I'm never going to meet these, meet this person. But if I ever do like happen to see someone that like, you know, I might run into, I'm one of those people where I'm not going to be friendly to you, to your face in public just because we're in public. If you're being a piece of shit on the internet, it's like, and I mean like being a piece of shit, not being a troll and just running your mouth. I mean like being a outwardly piece of shit, saying some very nasty, vulgar things to other human beings that you shouldn't say even to their face probably. I'm going to call you out on it and I'll probably try to go out of my way to embarrass you because uh, that's a thing that I believe in is like shaming people um, <laughs> for things they've done wrong is something that should be brought back into culture. Um, I'm a big old history buff and like my, my culture is like Norwegian. And so like the Vikings, they used to literally their culture, they had a, sh like a hall where it was like public court. Anyone like could game of thrones. Literally. Shame, shame, and, shame, and anyone, yes. <laughs> not that extreme, but, but, uh, <laughs> but no, like it, so like they, like the, the, I think I'm pretty sure that it was, it would be like the Jarl of mm. that area or whatever. So that's like the, the, the ruler of that area. And they would have public court and like, it could be everything from, um, adultery to like murder and but anybody and that was like there wasn't shit to do back in the day so <laughs> pretty much the whole town was there but it was a way for people to know who the scum is and who's honest you know and and it was a way i feel like it was a way for you because if you're there viewing it on your own and no one's telling you that you have to think or feel a certain way you're just there to view it you as a human can make up in your own mind Informed for consent. yourself mm -hmm. whether or not they are a bad person or not and not that, not that you doing that for yourself in those times would make them innocent or guilty, but f like society-wise, it's good to know who the rats are because like, you know, this, this dude uh, has hit his last three girlfriends. That's something that a society should know so that if another female wants to date this person, that's something they should know going forward. Absolutely. Oh, he's beating the shit out of three of his exes. Is this really someone I want to date? Because I'm sorry, not everyone gets the right to mate. That's just nature. <coughs> it just is. What well, and I think a lot of that is like basically as a man holding people accountable, right? People in your circle and having those boundaries and not just, like you said, because it's your friend, allowing things to happen. Um, it's, and I think you touching on stuff with your dad, I think is a huge thing for a lot of men is, um, and I mean, mommy issues are definitely a thing that I don't think get talked about enough. Um, so we'll t touch deeper into that another time, but well, actually, because mommy issues and daddy issues, they really play, can play a part in that wounded masculine or wounded feminine and where things are at. So, um, if you're a man and you're seeing your father, that's that's your whole roadmap to being a man, right? Like, so if you see your father acting in a certain misogynistic way or 
anything like that. Like you were different because you were like, oh, that's not okay. I don't, I don't drive with that. But there are some boys who they don't, they, yeah, they accept it because that's their dad. That's, that's their their role model for everything that it means to be a man. I've even seen incidences, and I I've, I've saw one recently, where even females will defend their father yeah. when mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't be. Un- yeah, unfor- unfortunately. And it's that's what's really hard about our generation breaking those generational curses um, is because we all, I think, have a hard time with, like, well, that's still my family. That's still my family, so I still, in some way, shape, or form, have to kind of accept and be okay with it. And But at the same time, you don't. You don't. You don't, because I... Because um, not that my parents were, like, are misogynistic or any of these things we're talking about, but just as an example, like, when we were going through our rough times... I made a choice to no longer accept what was happening. And I made that choice to separate for my well-being. And because of that, my parents were able to do this inner healing. And it's just continued to gain this momentum. Like, I can't even, like, tell you enough how proud I am of my parents, my mom, and my dad. Because the conversations we have now and the things we talk about and the things we notice within our family is so much different and it makes me realize that families keep secrets a lot more than we even think um and being open and like my mom and I have really been able to uncover a generational curse that's gone on within our family line of the way the girls kind of are treated in in a way um it very much has shown how she was brought up and the difference in treatment between her and her brother because it was just the two of them and it's crazy because it's that classic like double standard of they could do the same exact thing and she would get in trouble and she was this shitty daughter but he could do no wrong kind of thing um and really seeing how the way that she was treated growing up and how that played part in her role of being a mother and how she parented. And then fast forward to everything happening with us where I separated and like we talked the other day and it was, I'm not going to go into it just in case she doesn't want me to, but like it was way more similar things that have happened with her parents and what happened with us than I could have imagined so 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 similar and I think it was because of that fact that she was able to take time when I did separate from the family to see that wound and make that choice to start healing it and to act differently um and so I think if more to reel it back like if more men I think had people in their life to kind of one that they felt like they can be could be open with then you'd have more of that support system to be like hey like this isn't healthy like this isn't okay and like one of the biggest things I talk about with helping people especially men and I push it on Logan all the time is journaling and um I really need to pee so I'm gonna let you guys like talk while I go do that (laughs) but like what because not that you have an issue with journaling but like 
I think your perspective on it is very similar to a lot of other men's perspectives. So maybe like kind of talk about why you feel like it is that it's not something that you've always been like, I'm going to do this because it's going to help. Like, I'll let you go. Um, Well, I still need to start journaling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, a lot of the resistance is like... I don't know why. In my brain, I feel like it's not going to help for some reason. I don't know if that's because of the whole um, societal thing of, like, men approach things head on and blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, but it's like uh, um, uh, the more that she's talked to me about it, the more open. I just need to start doing it. But the more open I've become to it because, um, like, I was telling her, like, it doesn't like I, you know, the I could I could even just draw on it, like draw mm-hmm. thi- draw things yeah. that like uh, as a way to get get stuff out of my head and stuff like that. Um, so that that was kind of like having that thought process, and it was kind of what's driven me to be more like, oh, okay, maybe I should start doing this and, and stuff like that. Or even just another thing that I thought about within that, because like thinking about it kind of like branches out, you know. Um, was thinking about even like when I get, um, especially if I'm like, um, manic and like aggressively manic, just the fucking shit that's just like spiling around in my head, just write it down to try to get it out. So like the more I've thought about it, the more she talked about it, the more, um, I want to do it. But I think that's what the more, so the resistance is, is like the feeling that writing down in a book isn't going to make me feel better like yeah (coughs) I okay so I'm like a huge fan of journaling that's like the first thing I recommend to any of my students is to pick up a journal and start and I was not always like this I grew up in the church where journaling was really huge but it was the kind of journaling where it was like okay today I woke up at 8 a.m and today I ate oatmeal for breakfast and then I went to work and I did this and I did this and I did this and there was nothing I was like this is fucking pointless anyone reading your diary would be like this is fucking boring (laughs) yeah no so I totally get that like when I picked up journaling again about I two or three years ago I was very like didn't tell anybody about it because I was like, I know, journaling's lame and it's dorky and I have like a diary and like, oh my God. Like, but it's, it is so entirely different when you're journaling for growth versus journaling for like genealogy purposes, which is what journaling was when I was a kid. And it's not that I woke up at 8 a.m. and I went to my nine to five and I ate a tuna salad for lunch. It's like today I was feeling this really negative emotion for the because of this trigger that came by. And I just want to explore that thought process. And um, I noticed that this trigger made me feel this way because X, Y and Z. And when I feel that way, I go into this spiral. And when I go into this spiral, it brings back these other limiting beliefs and then check, there's a limiting belief I need to heal. Check, there's a limiting belief I need to heal. Okay, so why do I believe these things? Oh, because my dad said this to me when I was nine or 10, or I went through this experience when I was five that made me solidify this belief in my brain. So how can I go about fixing it? Okay, yeah, I have to rewrite the story. Yeah, I'm not like this whole, like I used to have a limiting belief that, um, well, let's pick one. There's so, so many of them. Um, <laughs> I think one of the really big ones for me was um, that, like, if I was to, if I was 
not independent enough that I was never going to make it anywhere. So I was like overly independent and I wouldn't let people, I wouldn't let myself be like soft around people. I wouldn't let myself feel safe around people. And so I had to, this is again, going into like inner child work and sitting with that inner child and saying, you are safe to be unconditionally loved by the people who love you. Or boundaries, for example. Boundaries are a really, really, really difficult one for me. I feel like that really is a, a woman thing. I feel like a lot of women have a really hard time with boundaries because we're meant to be seen and not heard. And we're meant to be the homemakers and keep the peace and, like, all this shit. And so boundaries, like, when I sit with my inner child, like, that's a big one where I, I'm safe to set boundaries with the people that I love. I am safe to set boundaries with the people that I love because if they actually love me, they will listen to my boundaries, they will respect my boundaries, and I will only have to ask once, maybe twice, if I have to remind them. That's it. And so that's where, like, the benefit of journaling comes in because as a Mercury-ruled Gemini with a Libra moon, and I'm just, like, majority air sign, my brain gets very loud, as I call it, and it's just always, like, all this fucking shit up here all the time, and if it's negative shit, it's a lot of fucking negative shit, it's a literal whirlwind, and so for me to be able to sit down and dissect why I'm feeling this way, where this is rooted, what's happening, like, what childhood trauma is triggering me, it's like, um, I did a reading for the BWC where I pulled the Ten of Swords, and in the card on the Ten of Swords, she has ten swords in her back. And to me, that really spoke to me in terms of healing the inner child. And I use this analogy where if you have ten swords in your back and they all represent triggers because they're hurting you, you're going to hit them on everything. You're going to hit them on the doorstops. You're going to hit them on people walking by. Anybody is going to hit that trigger and you're going to be stuck in those negative mindsets. So in order to journal... You can sit there and literally pull that sword out one by one, stitch it up, and initiate that healing process until all ten of them are gone so that you can move through life freely without hitting your triggers on everything around you. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm such a huge fan of journaling, so I could talk about it for ages and ages and ages, but... Well, and a lot of, a lot of men, honestly, myself included, um, which... What I'm about to say, I don't experience, and I think it's stupid, but a lot of men do, and I feel like journaling could honestly help them in this regard, is a lot of men, there's this trend, and it's been around for a long time, but it's been more so recent, where work harder, no, mm-hmm. one, no one cares about your feelings. Yeah. I hate that it's ridiculous. so much, um, because... The productivity th- wound all over again. Well, and there's a lot to dissect there, too, because it's yeah. like, you're going to tell me that you're going to work harder for a company that probably doesn't actually care about you. Yep. They care about the money that you can make them. They don't actually care about you as a human being. Um, you're going to work harder and put more of your attention and energy and feelings into that than yourself or your home life or your girlfriend or whatever. And like, just when you, when you break it down like that, it sounds a little fucking crazy, yeah. doesn't it? Like Stupid. super counterproductive, right? Because it's like, and, that, and that's a societal pressure, too, is you need to have money. You need to make more money. And, like, unfortunately, that's partway true because of the fact that money quite literally makes this world go round. Like, if you don't, like, you need money to survive, basically. Like, and honestly, you need a certain amount of it because if you're below a certain amount, you're not going to be doing too well. You're yeah. probably, you know. So um, I think in that regard, because especially, like, especially any man that, like, 
is in that mindset currently who's and probably inwardly is stressed to the point that they are going to like put their head through a wall but outwardly doesn't try like their hardest not to show it and when they do it comes out and like you know fits of anger mm-hmm. and depression and stuff like that they i think if you're experiencing that specifically the whole work harder nobody cares you should probably journal like yeah. i think that would probably benefit you a lot because if you especially to help you get out of that mindset because maybe you won't get out of that mindset right away but maybe writing your feelings and, and, and emotions d- at least down if you're not willing to talk to someone could at least help take some of that pressure emotional off your, release your, your chest and shit mm-hmm. yeah well, so. <clears throat> and what i would say especially for men that like aren't comfortable with talking about their feelings just yet i i think that's something that everybody should work towards is being able to outwardly express those things especially if it's setting a boundary to another person or things like that it would be easier for you to start with journaling because then that's your own private thoughts. Like nobody else is going to read that. And I think for people who have never journaled before, because like how you were going through how you journal and how you are able to pinpoint these things, I don't think it's as easy for other people who haven't been journaling because you've been doing it, it for practice. so long. Mm-hmm. And something that I recently came across mm-hmm. that I think would really help people with journaling is and I'm pretty sure you've talked about how you can you can almost like you can do readings and like channel messages through this but stream of consciousness writing so Mm -hmm. um at first it feels really awkward I did it for the first time the other day but you can literally start with saying I don't know what to write so I'm just gonna keep writing and just like you just don't stop just keep going and when things come up, like I got irritated with myself because of this today and then saying, okay, but why? And then keep asking yourself, okay, but why? And then be in doing that, you're able to break down all of these levels to really get to the core issue of what it is. And that's how you can start to really uncover those limiting beliefs and those things that are holding your back, you back or things that you hold inside yourself that are no longer useful. So I would highly recommend doing something like that. Put on some sort of meditation music in the background while you're doing mm-hmm. it. And um, I'm sure it would take practice, especially if you're someone who doesn't really journal. But um I'm pretty sure you guys were talking about it, but like journaling is, it's like, oh, your diary. Like it's such a female, it's looked at as like such a female thing and it, it shouldn't be. It really is something that is beneficial to anybody and everybody, even if you feel like you don't necessarily have stuff to work on or things that you need to uncover, you would be surprised what can come up. And I think that's a lot of, I don't want to say just men, but like I see that more in men where it's like, I don't have anything to fix. I'm fine. I'm just going through life and I'm good. And I think witchcraft is what really, because like your timeline of when you kind of your views started changing, I feel like was when you did start practicing witchcraft almost. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, um, just broadly in general, because about the same about the same time that I started practicing witchcraft is about the same time that I started realizing that you can't trust the government and like <laughs> things like that. Um, so I think that all yeah I think that all kind of coincides because the thing is is like with 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 something like 
like witchcraft, especially if you're like actually like trying to practice, you're not just reading material just to read it. You're implementing. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very eye opening. Um, like for example, I have always like one positive thing that came from my father is my dad has always been a nature person. He's always uh, he's always understood the importance of being in nature, being around nature, experiencing nature, all that shit, and. and to one degree or another, he understands that, you know, there's a big severance between our connection to nature and spirit and all that stuff. And um, so I've always been around it, like, since I was a young kid. But when I was probably 12 or 13, which is about the time that I started, like, like really, like, was like, you know, this is something I'm really interested in. And, like, my mom practiced at one point, too. So I've never not been around, like, stuff like this either. Um but when I when I actually took an interest in myself and started and started getting into it, it really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It really cemented the importance of of nature, like, um, yeah, and and well, and because that stuff also, in in a lot of ways, coincides with the concrete jungle that human beings have created for themselves too. Because even though our surroundings are not natural and don't look natural it all ties in together. Everything's mm-hmm. connected. So you know, there, there's there's reasons that, you know, um, societies and, and uh, not societies, but um, cities and stuff do things a certain way because you, if you, and if you know anything about enough about nature, you can literally look at like, um, like the flow, like a f- the flow of traffic, for example, compared to like a river. Like it's, there's things that we, there's many, many things we take from nature and inf- implemented into our daily lives even right now. Um, that people don't think about because we've we because we've become so disconnected and severed that connection. We like we look at ourselves as like this different being when we're just we're just the most intelligent animal on this planet. That's all it is. It's like we're one of the very few animals that is self aware of ourselves. We're one of the v- probably the only animals. That, I don't know. I, I could be wrong, but I think we're the only animal that is like aware of the fact that we are going to die. Like I feel like other like I, I I might be wrong. I think there might be other species they have found that understand that fact too. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I, I know, but like if you think about it, most other animals, the only time they experience death is when they see another they animal, whether it's of their own species yeah. or get fucking killed. And they're like, oh, well, don't no, avo- <laughs> avoid that. <laughs> um, um, but you know, and so, but we we are animals. Like it's you know, we just we've evolved so drastically and so fast and it's like um something i was just listening the other day was talking about how our brains and our bodies are still set up for a hunter-gatherer lifestyle and that's part of the reason a lot of human beings have such a hard problem with anxiety and depression in modern society is because our brains and bodies can't keep up with the amount of uh, specifically technological growth that we have because when you like when you think about it the amount of time from when we first went to the moon to now has only been 50 years yeah a little over yeah Yeah. so it's like that's that's not a lot of time like for a human being that's a lot of time but that's like not even in the on the calendar of the world (laughs) which we talked about like we won't even touch on universe time just planet time (laughs) that ain't shit Um, I mentioned in our last episode that show that we watched with Noel deGrasse. What is that called? Uh, Into the Cosmos. Mm-hmm. So Into the Cosmos. It's on Disney Plus. That is so. It's technically a remake. The original is from like the seventies or eighties with Carl Sagan. 
Uh, he mm-hmm. made the, the the first one, and uh, Neil deGrasse. There's a whole section of that show where he talks about how that's like Carl. He actually met Carl Sagan and stuff, and that was a big uh, inspiration to him. And so he was like super um, uh, thank thankful and grateful to be the one to do the next like basically series of Into the Cosmos because we've learned obviously much more, more since yeah. since that you know. Um, but yeah, no, honestly, anyone listening, if you've never watched that, they don't just talk about space. They <laughs> talk about like hum- human beings and our space in this universe. And they talk about like sound. It's very interesting. Definitely watch on it. On my list. It's now. on Disney Plus. <laughs> <coughs> Watching that show really cemented to me how beautiful life really is. And like I mentioned when I touched on it in our last episode, how. Like, and you even said it when we did our very first episode together. Like, the fact that you are even here at all is this huge, like, it's a miracle. 401 trillion chance of being here. Absolutely. And I think when people have that perspective, it can get a little bit more, not only humbling, but also that confidence of, like, I'm supposed to be here. If those are the chances that I would be here in this body at this time with these people, I am meant to be here. Um, and so I just, it, it's definitely a really enlightening show. I can't recommend it enough. Um, I've really loved this conversation. I think this is going to, I hope this helps a lot of people. I hope, um, and I hate going back to men. Men, we're not picking on you guys. <laughs> if anything, I think you guys deserve a little bit more love and attention and space, um, which is kind of interesting because we're always in this masculine, right? But it's not. You guys deserve to be in that divine feminine space and be able to express your emotions and have it not be this. Oh, well, you're just a little cryback baby bitch. Like, it's not, no. So if you guys have any parting words for everybody. I was just, all I have to say is I 100% agree with that. Um, Yes. But on the flip side of that, men as a whole, we can do better. We have to do better because especially with shit that's going on in our country and the world right now, specifically when it comes to the woman's body, um, we could do a whole lot fucking better. It doesn't have to be this way. It, it's been this way for far too long. And we like to, we a lot often our society and especially, especially men in the society like to pretend like things have gotten so much better and we're doing so, we're so progressive and no, the fuck we're not. Look what just happened in Texas. Yeah. I don't need to say anymore. Look what just happened in Texas. We can do better. So yes, men do deserve more love and more understanding and all of that, but at the same time, do fucking better. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) I think my parting words are going to be, don't be afraid to stand in that feminine. I know it is very stigmatized, and there's a lot around it, Um, and I feel like it's definitely difficult for men, especially being in a relationship with a significant other, you want to be that masculine energy, but my biggest piece of advice is standing in that feminine shows your, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, shows your feminine partner that she is safe to step out of her masculine that she's been residing in for so long because of the society that we live in. And she's safe to flourish in her feminine while she is with you because you're in that masculine and that feminine balance. 
and it creates a much more cohesive relationship, you're both going to be a lot happier. So that's my biggest advice is just explore that feminine. Don't be afraid of the feminine and you'll see so many blessings on the other side of it. What she said. <laughs> I, I, saw, I even saw a post kind of pertaining to that on Facebook the other day where if you as a male in a heterosexual relationship, if you do that for your partner, because women very much, at least for me personally, like I very much not strong, independent. I got it from my mom. She's very much that way. We're always very much that strong leader aspect. But in having my partner be more in his divine feminine aspects, I can be softer because we don't want to be hard all the time. Like mm, I don't no. like men maybe are a little bit more okay with that because it's the masculine and whatnot. But um, for women, it is so, so nice to be able to feel like you can be that soft nurturer and like you don't ha have to be that for everybody, but in a relationship, it is really important. So, um, just real quick, I would say that men need that. Yeah. You, yep. you need, especially if you're someone like me, who's kind of a hard ass sometimes, <laughs> you need someone who's soft to soften you because being hard all the time is just not good for anybody. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed this. I was really excited to be doing this episode. I've been waiting for it for a while. So before we go, we'll do a couple deep breaths and I'm going to change up our app formations a little bit so if you guys want to take some deep breaths with me okay we're gonna try something different I am safe to express my emotions. I am safe to express my emotions. I am safe to express my emotions. I am safe to stand in my power. I am safe to stand in my power. I am safe to stand in my power. And I am safe to be balanced. And I am safe to be balanced. And I am safe to be balanced. I love that. Thank you guys again so much for coming on. I love spending time with you both. Um, if you guys, again, have any questions that you uh, that kind of came up within this episode, things that you would like to hear more on, feel free to email in at sadgirlhourspod at gmail.com. You can find uh, we're on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, if you kind of want more in-depth information on the episodes, make sure you follow Shelby Nye, shelby.nye.co on Instagram. The Bad Witch Club has been up and running and flourishing, and she's adding more and more content, and I'm really excited for her um, to be doing that. And don't forget, um, my boyfriend is a really nasty uh, <laughs> DJ. <laughs> he will melt your face, but also... Um, gives gives like there's been times where he surprises me because he'll throw on something so vibey and then I cry and then I'm like what the fuck was that that's my shit you normally like um but definitely follow him a werewolf a w a r three wolf on SoundCloud I will make sure I put links in the description for both of these lovely humans same for Instagram and Facebook as well yes make sure you give those guys a follow. All right, with that being said, you guys stay safe, stay beautiful, and remember that there is always another day. Bye.